You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. Today, we are recording this episode even while the tri-series that is ongoing in Singapore, a match is going on now and India versus South Africa women's T20 is ongoing as well. So in today's episode, I'll be your host, Ajit. We have a special uh, guest, Malhar, uh, who is joining us from India. Hello, Malhar. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ajit. Thanks for this. Really excited to be on here. Yeah, indeed. Uh, nice to have you as well. So what do you do and uh, what is your background with cricket? So, well, I mean, obviously, because I'm from India, uh, following cricket is like a natural thing to do. And it all started back when the first IPL was played. I was a big Adam Gilchrist fan. I think I still am, but he doesn't play anymore, sadly. Secondly, I write about cricket for the last word on cricket. So it's a UK-based website. And also I've done a few podcasts. Uh, my, My major field of interests are basically... Associate cricket, you know, Scotland, Netherlands, well, Ireland's a full member now, but even they interest me a lot. As, uh, apart from that, if you if you talk about me playing, then I think I'm a I'm a half decent leg spinner, and I'm still on my way though. So I mean, my hand grenades aren't really very good, but I'm practicing. So hopefully, I'll get there someday. All right. Uh, good luck with both your you know on field and off field exploits as far as cricket goes. Let's first pick up the most important topic that's on our horizon today. So it's the preview of an India-South Africa test series. So we know that the test series begins on 2nd October with the first test being played in Vaisak. The second one in Pune and the third one later on, I think it's in Ranchi this time, right? So when it comes to, you know, the squads and everything, maybe let's go through the squads first. The India squad has Kohli as skipper. Then you have Rahane, Mayank Agarwal, Ravichandran Ashwin, Ravindra Jadeja, Kuldeep Yadav, Shami, Rishabh Pant, Cheteshwar Pujara, Ruddhiman Swaha, Ishan Sharma, Rohit Sharma, Shubman Gill, Hanuma Vihari, and Umesh Yadav. Right? So, this is the squad. Yeah. Uh, for South Africa, the captain is Fafti Plessy. And you have Temba Bavuma, Theonis De Bruyne, uh, Quentin de Kock, Dean Elgar, Henrik Klaassen, Keshav Maharaj, Eden Markram, Senuran Muthuswami, uh, Lungi Ingidi, uh, yeah. Heinrich Nortia, uh, Vernon Philander, Dane Peet, Kagisora Bada, and Zubair Hamza. So, this is the squad for South Africa. So, let's yeah. begin some of the interesting topics. So, first of all, maybe we can look at the first test compositions for both the teams. So, from India's perspective, who do you think would be the first test, uh, let's say, the 11 for India? Uh, well, personally, I feel, well, I mean, it's it's a well-known fact that Rohit is going to open. So, Rohit, uh, Mayank Agarwal, uh, Pujara at 3, Kohli at 4, Vihari to follow, Pant or Saha. Uh, with the gloves and Ashwin, Jadeja, Ishant and Shami make up the bowling attack. Uh, but there is one spot left in my 11 and I feel maybe Kuldeep or Rahane could uh, you know, could play. But it all depends on the conditions, whether India want to go for an extra batsman or an extra spinner. I think India will probably just stick to two fast bowlers and maybe three spinners, but it all depends on the conditions. I mean, it, it's, it's a well-known fact that South Africa aren't really very good at uh, playing spin bowling. Uh, so, I think Kuldeep might play. Hmm. So, it's it's in Vaisag. 
that's that that looks like a decent enough uh, 11 from my perspective i see a couple of changes there so first of all you say three spinners and two fast bowlers yes so who would be your fast bowlers uh, ishant and shami ishant and shami would be your starters okay yes. um in that case how about the um, batting so let's say rohit, rohit starts opening with mayank yes. agarwal you have kohli at 3 and you have uh, sorry pujara at 3 and kohli at 4 rahane at 5 and then yeah, you then, have with vihari would be there at 6 yeah i think but uh, already i mean rahane could come at 5 uh, probably and vihari at 6 but i think at 6 it vihari it's it's pretty low for him don't you think so no he's been doing all right uh, his good innings last uh, let's say the tour of west indies he did really well at number 6 he showed that he can bat with the tail right he scored a 93 and then the 100 yeah, he got was in ishan sharma's company as well right yeah so for me i would say yeah he 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 fits in at 6 and i don't think this indian team because hardik pandya is not available i don't really see them making that uh, like you know have one batsman short and have pant and pandya there so that they both can make up uh, for the batting let's say yeah so you are saying five bowlers so because when you add five bowlers that is three spinners and two fast bowlers and pant that will only mean five batsmen then probably hanuma vihari is not there in your 11 right no he is there in my 11 i i left one spot empty which can okay. be filled by kuldeep or rahane oh interesting interesting team so for me yeah. i don't see rahane sitting out right uh, if anything vihari may sit out i see rahane as the senior man would probably come back into the 11 because i mean he had some uh, there are there were some doubts about his position in the team but i think he answered them decently in the caribbean uh, tour right yeah so if anything i don't see him sitting out maybe hanuma vihari would sit out but that would be a bit harsh on him considering It'll that be he's very harsh on him right yeah. so i would say because of the lack of let's say the all round ability of hardik pandya yeah. india would probably go with a 4 6 that is four bowlers six batsmen and one keeper right yeah makes sense so then i would play um, agarwal and uh, rohit sharma at the top followed by pujara then kohli then rahane five six hanuma vihari right yeah seven would be pant then or saha uh, yeah that's another talking point so seven would be yes. your keeper slot let me put it like this right. okay then eight nine would be for me it would be ashwin and jadeja yeah and then 10 and 11 my 10 would be shami and my 11 would be umesh yadav oh interesting right this is my 11 all right so yeah. let's get into it a bit more but uh, i will eventually we'd have to also move to the south african 11 so let's get into it a bit right away so first of all let's see your keeper is pant or saha my keeper would be saha uh, for this tour uh, mm-hmm. because i think he's done reasonably well against south africa a right and also he played versus west indies a on the caribbean tour so mm-hmm. he scored a couple of 50s and i think is is good enough pun selection would be justified based on his aggressive batting tempo but recently you know he hasn't quite fired at his best with the willow right i don't see why saha shouldn't be playing ahead of him when it comes to pure glove work i thought sort of agree with you saha is yeah. experienced he's also more of a pure keeper pant is yeah. a good keeper no doubt but he's still learning his craft right he's, he's not up to a saha level the yeah. other thing of course it's a, probably the batting temperament so saha scores some tough runs right uh, you've yeah. already showed that he indeed makes a lot of tough runs whenever it's required he's able to score those tough runs for this team exactly 
but he's coming back from an injury layoff he's not played an international test in like 19 months so there are a couple of these important points as well and pant is a man in possession right so they say 9 tenths of the law is possession and pant is the man in possession of the keeping gloves yeah uh his his uh, form has been a bit patchy with the limited overs cricket for sure right he has been a bit exactly. patchy when it comes to t20s he's not really shaken the world up so to say so his uh, yeah. previous performance both yeah. in the caribbean as well as in the recent t20s were not particularly good but i don't know if that means his leash has really run out and the team management now want to replace him altogether in the team or whether they yeah. want to give him a little bit of a warning a jolt by including saha in and saying you know what don't take your position for granted that doesn't mean you'll play at all times right? exactly england england did it with johnny best recently indeed so that might indeed be a good good way of looking at it for me i would really want saha to start so exactly. i would really want saha to play now the second position or the second point of contention was hanuma vihari spot or not but uh, what do you say so do you think 551 uh, or 461 i think 461 but vihari has to play i feel hmm but He's then with the team all right then vihari will play then it will be 461 so then the four right yeah so would it be two fast bowlers and two spinners or three spinners and one fast bowler then for you uh two spinners two fast bowlers i think they are more than capable to take uh, the south african wickets all right that's what i would say as well so then who are your two spinners and who are your two fast bowlers so two spinners first maybe ashwin and jadeja i think that's a no brainer and fast okay. bowlers i'll go for ishant and shami okay so that's that's a good pick actually uh, for me look uh, nothing against ishant he's he's the holding pattern bowler and he's more or less certain to start but i chose two like impact bowlers in shami and yadav because you don't have bumrah who's sort of an impact bowler ishan sharma is always very effective as a holding pattern especially yeah. when you're playing abroad you have ishan sharma who can hold one end up here yeah. you have your spinners so jadeja can as well do that he can hold one end up and ashwin can attack from one end or so instead you know that your fast bowlers will probably bowl like 20 25 overs in any innings no more than that so 12 per per, mm. per bowler yeah so yeah. why not pick the two fast bowlers so you have shami and yadav who both are very effective so why not pick them for their shock value because they only need to deliver like 12 overs a day or something maybe you can yeah. pick them and get away with it right you don't need a holding pattern bowler like ishan sharma who bowls 20 overs a day so that everybody can bowl around him this is one thought process the other is maybe you miss the experience that ishan sharma brings with his lengths and everything and umesh yadav can be a bit unpredictable he can bowl all exactly. over the place exactly exactly right? this is a little bit of a worry I- i'm going for the shock value i'm still going to say umesh yadav and shami should play and umesh yadav I think has enough experience uh, bowling well in Indian conditions because I think uh, in the last season in one of the tests in India when he bowled I think he took a 10 for so he okay. can also be a match winning bowler yeah. on Indian conditions because he just needs to bowl 12 overs I know he is nothing to worry so he goes all out and that's what you need sometimes right but then yeah. you have to be a bit careful because uh, South Africans are so used to playing uh, faster bowling and bowling exactly. too many the people or having too many fast bowlers in the team may sort of play into their hands it's, it's sort of a balance to be struck so this is for me this is the way i would go and my spinners would definitely be let's Ashwin say shinan jadeja shinan jadeja for me it's a no brainer but i'm worried the team management may probably think a bit differently in the last couple of months ashwin's spot in the team has not been certain but they were all away tours of course right exactly so, yeah once we get back to india i think he is the number one spinner but uh, let's see how the team management goes i mean yeah. it will be jadeja and one other spinner whether it will be the spinner in uh, kuldeep yadav or the traditional spinner or spinner in ashwin i'm really hoping they don't go by the sort of thinking that you know you have uh, hanuma vihari who can bowl a few overs of spin 
So no, no, why not have uh, Kuldeep Yadav? It's a thought process. Ashwin offers more with the bat than Kuldeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that would be a good uh, counterpoint actually. That Ashwin is also a good batsman and he's been doing the rounds. So he's gone to county cricket and he's played longer format cricket to keep himself match fit and sort of. Yes, he's bowled a lot of overs. Indeed. So that would hold him in good stead, I would say, and he should be the one that would be playing, right? So now that was the Indian squad. Do you have anything else, any other talking point you see with the Indian squad? Uh, Rohit opening. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's an it's an experiment that could go either way. Uh, if you if you look at his career, he's when he when he batted for India, uh, he's he's batted at number five, number six sometimes, and he's done reasonably well, you could say, uh, in in South Africa. In Australia and in India, he made his debut in India. So obviously, he scored uh, to win hundreds against West Indies. But I think it's 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 very difficult to replicate those performances at the top. You know, with the ball seeming and swinging early, and especially against the likes of Vernon Philander and Kagizo Rabada. So I think it's going to be a tall order for him because you know mm. from what I see, this uh, this has Jason Roy vibes written all over it. You know, a white ball opener opening in Test matches. Right. It looks a little bit out of position for me. But let's see. I sort of agree with you. It's sort of a converted opener that works. But what what I see about Rohit as a player, right? Yeah. He's not really comfortable when there's already an agenda that has been set up by somebody. He's not able to get into it. For example, batting at 5 and 6 requires a certain amount of mental strength. It's not that he yeah. doesn't have it. It requires a different yeah, right. kind of an approach in the third innings or the fourth innings of the game, right? Yeah. So you need to be able to bat around other people, bat with the tail, all of these things. So maybe yeah. Rohit is not particularly suited to that role. But look, Rohit, the middle order batsman, is very effective. But Rohit, the opener, we saw what he can do in one day. Right? He's he's probably one of the most successful one day openers out there currently. Absolutely. So. But then so is Jason Roy. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's white ball versus red ball. It's a big difference. Indeed. We'll I mean, watch. it'll be a good a good test of his technique. Right. Exactly. Yes. Definitely. Given that somebody like uh, Vernon Philander, probably one of the best swing bowlers out there, right? Absolutely. So, but the thing that are in his favor, one, he'll be the one setting the agenda. He'll go with a blank score card, zero for zero, right? And that yeah. usually helps him. That's what, at least, I feel, right? And yeah. he's playing in India. He's not playing in England or South Africa or Australia or some other part, New Zealand, where the ball can hoop all over the place. So, it'll exactly. be only a eight or ten hour period that he'll have to watch out for. Yeah. After that, he can actually take some more time. So exactly, uh, he can probably if he bats out the 12, 10, 12 hours, and you have along with him a more traditional opener, Mayank Kagarwal, who's done the job all his life. So he yeah. can sort of pick up a couple of points. The things that go against him are again those things. He's not opened previously. He's not opened in red ball cricket previously or in the lower leagues. Uh, Ranji, yeah. or in, he he has not opened only thrice in first class cricket, but that was way back in two thousand nine, two thousand twelve period when he started playing first class cricket. Mm-hmm. That, that dates way back. Right. So that's one of the things that might go against him because it's, it's it's a temperament thing. And also, you know, sometimes when the going is really, really tough as an opener, you yeah. are expected to actually just hang around there, do nothing. Right. Exactly. Yes. So just stay there for half an hour, stay there for 45 minutes. I don't know if you remember Hanuma Vihari's uh, opening innings in Australia, one innings. Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. It was a 60 ball five or some, some such score. And that can be a good opener's innings because, you know, the Maybe. rest of the you are basically there to shield the rest of the batting 11 for 20 overs. Right? Yeah, you take yeah, the yeah, shine of the new ball, air quotes, exactly. so that you just wait it out. 25 overs or first session, you give it to the bowlers. You just keep blocking, blocking. You don't look at the scorecard at all. 
So exactly, yeah. I don't know if he has this sort of a temperament. This is one of the things that bothers me. But look, he's so fluent uh, as a stroke player, and he's really good of the back foot. So short pitch bowling probably never bothers him. So yeah. these are also things that will be good for him. And I think he has the right temperament. He's reached the time of his career. He's 30 plus. He's seen the ups and downs of cricket, and he's very confident in his own skills. So sometimes it helps if you know how much you can do, rather than what is all possible. If you know exactly what is what you can do, then you can only concentrate on that and keep building on that, right? I think Absolutely. he's in that, that sort of a place in his career, and he can. I would say reinvent himself as a opener. Yeah. But um, you know, this discussion is an interesting one because there is another name or a couple of names we can throw into the field here. Probably Shikhar Dhawan yeah. is out of the reckoning for a Test match opener slot in these days. Yeah. There's still KL Rahul, and there is another name, a bigger one. Can you guess which one that is? Um, Pujara has opened before, but oh, I was talking about uh, Prithvi Shaw. Oh, right, of course, yes. Sorry, right? he's on a ban, so yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but what happens when Prithvi Shaw comes back? No, because he was sort of seen as a long term opener, and you have one opener on one end, you have Mayank Agarwal probably holding the spot down, right? And yes. he's doing well already, so you have at least KL Rahul, who's also sort of an opener, he has a 199 in tests, he's not a complete no, nobody there. And yeah, this one exactly. and only like one, year, one, one and a half seasons ago or something, right? He can do the job. He hit 100 in the same match that um, Pant hit to 150 in Oval in England. So yeah, it's not very long ago. So he's, he's still sort of cut out for the job. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, for me, it's sort of an attempt by the selection committee and those people to try to get Rohit into the 11. So for me, I'm yeah, not exactly, yeah, exactly happy about that because he's no doubt extremely talented. But what we needed from Rohit or anybody was a number six player. So... Hanma Vihari has done the job and sort of made it his own. Yeah. I would not begrudge that slot to him because Rohit Sharma, no matter how talented he is, he doesn't fit into this 11. This is my way of thinking. Mixed feelings. Yeah. Exactly. So there are a couple of things I think about when it comes to cricketing. Roles that are, you know, you can't swap. One of those is an opener's job. Mm. It, it's yeah. a specialized job. Be yeah. it an opening bowler or an opening batter, that's a specialized job. You can't simply swap anybody else to take over that job. At our level, at our league level, we have seen that, you know, sometimes we do send in other openers and it works. But mainly it's how to deal with a swinging ball and take that 5-8 overs out of the game, no matter which format of the game. Even in a one-day format, that's what you do, right? Absolutely. Uh, but then maybe he will succeed. And the rest of this topic or this debate can be parked for a later time. Uh, if he succeeds, well, where does Rahul fit in? Where does Shaw fit in? They'll fit in when and if and when the chance is presented to them, if right? And they will get a chance and we'll see if they get on with it or not, right? So for now, he's the man with that's been interested with the job and I would say he's been given the security of a three-match series. I think he'll do all right. Rahul has made 100 uh, playing in this uh, Vijay Hazare trophy, right? He's made 100 opening and he's sent sort of a timely reminder to the Indian selectors. He's still, you know, sort of an opener by profession and he can still be chosen. So let's see how that happens once the series of South Africa is over. I am assuming Rohit has the job for at least three tests. It will be not right if he doesn't get that opportunity. So let's see how that goes. Right. Anything to add uh, with respect to the Indian squad? Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't think I have anything to add at this point. So All right. Let's come out everything. Right. So yeah. now let's look at the South Africa squad. So from their 15, you know, they have a good good mix of pace, uh, raw pace. They have some swing people, swinging people like Vernon Philander. Then you have spinners in the form of, you know, Dane Pete, of course, and then Keshav Maharaj, who's probably the number one spinner. 
they also have an interesting uh, guy senuran mutu swami who's a left arm spinning all rounder right yes uh, did you see the uh, the board 11 match by any chance or follow it yeah i didn't follow it though uh-huh. did pick up a wicket right so yeah. when you look at their uh, 11 or possibility of an 11 would you like to go ahead and give us an 11 what do you think could be the 11 um well i've got the nine uh, spots fixed uh, we could talk about the two remaining ones so right. well, first up opening would be markram and in markram uh, uh-huh. dean elgar probably tunis de bruyne at number 3 he, he scored a century against sri lanka in sri lanka mm-hmm. and then temba bavuma faf duplessis mm-hmm. uh, quinton de kock will be the keeper obviously mm-hmm. and the bowlers would be rabada flander and keshav maharaj and mm-hmm. I have kept two uh, two spots empty, and you know uh, it depends on who they go for. Whether an all rounder in Senuran Muthuswamy, uh, a specialist spin bowler in Dean Peeth, which I think they probably will, mm-hmm. and also I think they might go for Zubair Hamza, uh, mm-hmm. a, a specialist batsman. But as much as I know that he will play, I, I also hope they can uh, they can somehow fit Henrik Larsen in. I think he's a brilliant player of spin and he's already showed that on many occasions. So I don't see right. why Henrik Klassen cannot be uh, you know, in the 11. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's your 11 then? So for me, I agree with most of the spots. Your 9 would be my 9, I think. So Elgar yes. and Markram to open. Yeah. You have uh, Theonis de Brown at 3, Faf yes. Duplessis at 4, Temba Bavum at 5 and Quentin de Kock at 6. Uh, but okay, now comes the spot that you wanted to pick. Right. Yeah. So for me, I would say it would probably be a toss-up between Heinrich Klassen and Zubair Hamza. Yeah. Absolutely right. But there could be this, uh, what do you call it, this red herring in the form of Senur and Muthuswami. Yeah. So the number yes. six slot is not a sort de- sort of decided for me. So they tried out Senur and Muthuswami also in the um, board president's eleven, right? So yeah. he didn't really light it on fire, so to say. Yeah. He bowled only one over. He didn't get to bat. That tells yeah. me he's here to learn. I don't think he'll start the first test. Exactly. So that means it's between either Zubair Hamza and Henrik Klassen. All right, yeah, fair enough. So I'm talking of the number six slot. And here, I would say because uh, Hamza batted at number four in the board President's 11 game, Henrik Klassen yeah. didn't bat. And then it was a one-inning shootout, effectively. So so for me, Zubair Hamza, Hamza is the man in position for the number six slot. No, absolutely. Right? So that's how yeah. I would look at it. And then uh, you have Quinton de Kock, definitely the keeper, number seven, right? Yep. That leaves them four bowling options. For me, it's Vernon Philander, Kagiso Rabada to start. Mm. And then Dan Peet and Keso Maharaj. Well, because Keso Maharaj is bad a bit, right? Yeah. This would be my 11 going uh, for South yeah. Africa. Any other talking points for you? Any uh, other? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I do have to mention that four bowlers for South Africa is a, is a bit risky for them. Mm. Because, mm. you know, Dan Peet, he hasn't really made... You know, constant appearances. You know, he's made very sporadic appearances, uh, especially mm. in India. I mean, he does have the experience in uh, of bowling in India, but you know, mm. we don't know how reliable he is getting top order wickets. If you if you look at the uh, South Africa A tour, most mm. of the wickets that he picked were you know probably uh, the lower order wickets. So I'm not sure how reliable he is, but obviously I think he has a lot of experience playing back home, captaining the Cape Cobras. And right. he finished as the highest wicket taker this season. So mm. he does play, obviously. You know, the one problem in South Africa's uh, lineup is that they don't have an all-rounder, a genuine, genuine out-and-out all-rounder. 
Hmm. They did hmm. have uh, Vian Mulder if you're if you're aware of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vian Mulder. Yeah. Yeah. He he could have been included. I mean that that would have made a difference and could have been really interesting. He did pick up a few wickets playing uh, for South Africa A. And he also mm-hmm. scored 131 to go along with Aidan Markram's 161 in the right. I think the second unofficial test. Right. So that would have been an interesting call. No, that's not a bad call at all. I don't know how the pitch on Vizog will be. I don't think it's particularly friendly to fast bowling. If it was yeah. a fast bowling friendly pitch, I would have picked somebody like, uh, as you say, Vian Mulder for the all-rounder role. Exactly. But right now, you have Keshav Maharaj who can bat, Vernon Philander who can bat as well. Yeah. They both do bat. I mean, they're more than bunnies. Let me put it like this. Rabada can yes. hang on. Yeah, Rabada so, can. So, the other option, what you said, is also interesting for me. Maybe instead of Dane Pete, Dane Pete was very costly in the... You know, in the board presidential eleven match. So maybe that's the other thing. They could also make a gamble here. No, I was saying that he's probably just trying to find his mojo on this tour. It's it's really tough for an off spinner in India, unless you're Mm -hmm. Nathan Lyon. Okay, interesting. Yeah, maybe it'll be Dane Pete, but on the other hand, it could be somebody like Heinrich Norkia, an out and out fast bowler who has a bit of an attitude as well, a bit of lip, right? He was all right that uh, board presidential eleven match. So. It could be three fast bowlers and one spinner. Keshav Maharaj will definitely start. And uh, I see Rabada and Philander definitely starting. So that would yeah. mean the last bowling spot might either be Heinrich Norke or Dane Pete. So this remains to be seen. My pick is actually Dane Pete. Let's see how that goes. Right? Yeah. But again, I, I don't think they'll play Heinrich Norje. Again, he's here to learn. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think Lungingidi has bowled more overs than Heinrich Norje this series. Uh, I mean, obviously for South Africa A as well as in the board president's eleven. Right. And Lungingiri did play in the IPL, so he has some idea about the conditions. So that is why I feel, you know, maybe he can have a chance, an outside chance, but still a chance nonetheless. That, yeah, that's a good point as well. He knows the conditions, so yeah. probably he knows the conditions better than Heinrich Narkia. So no, course, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but th- those are decent elements, I would say. So yeah. now when it comes to results, so do you have a prediction for the series? So it's one in Vaisag, one in Pune and one in Ranchi. So, do you have any prediction for the series? What will be the series result? Well, well, I think, see, it could be 3-0 going to India or it could be 2-1 going to India. But mm. I don't see South Africa winning the series. They've, they've never been, you know, good enough um, playing in subcontinental conditions, you know. I think it's right. it goes down to how they prepare for it. They have most of the players playing the county championship, you know, just a few weeks before they tour to subcontinent. I don't think that's the way to prepare. I mean, I'm not really criticizing it, but, you know, you, you saw how Australia prepared uh, before their tour to India. They right, went to the right. UAE, they prepared very well. I, I don't see South Africa doing that. No, but uh, you should also accept that many of them were here playing the unofficial tests, right? The yeah, A-level tests. That is true. Right? So, th- there's still something. I mean, come on, it's... Uh, yeah, in the course. modern day grind, right, with the number of uh, matches that each of these guys get to play, they also need some downtime. No, so you can't yeah. again go away do a camp somewhere in, I don't know, UAE or somewhere. It's possible, but uh, it also goes with how the planning goes. Uh, yeah. Look, it, yeah, it's definitely less planning. They should have played one or two more, um, let's say, first class matches before the first has started. That would have been ideal, but probably they don't have yeah. the time for it. Right? Yeah. So, let's see how that goes. So, I sort of agree with you, but what sort of a result, if you were to just give it a you know, number, what sort of results would you give it to India? Um, I think 3-0 India. 
All right. You know, as much as I want South Africa to win a test match, mm. I don't know, probably it's a bit of a tall order for them. Yeah. It could be a very close series, maybe 2-1, but I think I'll go for 3-1, uh, 3-0, sorry. I agree with you, I think, there. So, for me, I don't see South Africa winning a test. So, I would say it's a 2 nil because at least one of the tests I expect will be a bit weather affected. Too much, Comfort, too yeah. much rain happening. Some extended uh, monsoon is going on currently in India, which is unexpected. Absolutely. But yes, yes. I would give it 2 nil to India and I really don't see South Africa winning a test. But who knows, yeah. you know, they have a decent yeah. enough fast attack and even a very good spinner in Keshav Maharaj. So, let's not completely light them away. But my personal opinion is it will be 2 nil to India. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, now, uh, going further, we know that there was this the ODI series between Sri Lanka and Pakistan that was uh, scheduled to start on 27th, but the first ODI has been washed out in Karachi due to some unseasonal rain, and yeah. the second ODI has been postponed to 30th. So, you know, probably the people of Pakistan were really, really looking forward to the uh, matches starting. First ever match in Karachi back in almost a decade, right? It's yeah. very unfortunate it got rained out, uh, but we really hope, you know, they can um, get, get another chance and... Uh, get to uh, see the second ODI. Usually, it's a very unfortunate thing if the first ODI gets rained out. If the third one or the fifth one or something gets rained out, you know, you can live with it. You say, okay, we watched two or three matches. The first one already got rained out. It's a bit uh, unfortunate, but I really hope the rest of the matches go on without hitch. Then, similarly, the T20 series between India and uh, South Africa women, this uh, this also got rained out. The second match has been rained out. The first one was uh, won by India closely. The second one that was supposed to be played in Surat was rained out. The third one is started right now. So we'll probably be covering it in one of the upcoming episodes. Fair enough. Yeah. Then uh, there is this interesting T20 series going on between Zimbabwe um, and then Singapore. uh, Singapore, Right. And Nepal. So very, very interesting. They have live matches, live coverage on YouTube. So anybody can watch it. So that's very interesting. Uh, only thing I think we'll really look out on how it goes. For now, Zimbabwe look uh, very strong, and so do Nepal. So Nepal lost to Zimbabwe, but then they came back and beat Singapore. So today yeah. the match between Zimbabwe and Singapore is going on. So Singapore has set up a very nice total. So one we'll see if one. right. So it's an 18-over game. So it's a 10-run per over sort of a chase required. So Zimbabwe has started off decently. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. Right. Indeed. So let's hope. Uh, uh, let's hope it will be a, a nail-biter of a match. So, Definitely. Going further, now let's look at the um, other news, some of the news from outside of the cricketing field. So, for example, Essex have won the county championship again, second time in three years. Did you have a chance to follow this? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I did watch it, you know, whatever I could. It was it okay. was very sad that some said, you know, they, they could have won, but unfortunately, rain prevented them from doing so. It was, I think, a brilliant exhibition of Test match cricket. Somerset uh, had to forfeit an innings. And right. I think the spinners, Jack Leach and Roloff Van der Merwe, they were, they were mm-hmm. brilliant. They were right on the money. Right. And obviously, Sir Alistair Cook chipped in with a 50 or so. Mm-hmm. It was, again, a low-scoring game. But again, uh, very interesting in nature, I have to say. Indeed. So, do you begrudge uh, SX a championship win in such a way? Or do you think they deservedly won it? Yeah, I think it should have been a fair game, you know, probably a four-day match with weather not interrupting mm. because that would have been very fair because you've got Simon Harmer on one side, you've got, you know, Alistair Cook and all the top batsmen for SX and then you have uh, Murli Vijay for Somerset, then, you know, Tom Abel, Hildreth, Ban- Banton, 
So you know, it's a it's a it's it's a brilliant team if you look even on the Somerset side. So I think mm. a fair uh, a fair result would have been you know a full game. You know that would have really decided the winner. But unfortunately, we didn't see that happening. So I think we right. just go with what it is. Indeed, indeed. So I mean, there is also some scheduling uh, complaints. It's so late in the summer. You can definitely expect yeah. rains after 15th of September and so on and so on. But yeah. yeah, needs must. You have a World Cup. You have an Ashes. So what what can be done, right? So yeah. that's one thing. The other thing, yeah, I sort of I sort of feel sorry for Somerset. They have never won the county championship, right? So Essex have won yeah. it for sure. And so it's a um, uh, let's say a uh, Dutch person, so Ryan Tendoskata, who's the captain, and I think he's the second time he's winning it in three years. So he'll be very happy. Yeah. Also, yeah. people like uh, you know Alistair Cook has still showing that they have enough left in the tank. You have uh, somebody like uh, Ravi Bopara who's trying to make a comeback to the England, at least the shortest format game. Probably yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be interesting. So, uh, But all in all, a good end to the championship. Also, I think Trescothic ended his first-class career finally. Yeah. Some 40-odd. Yeah. <laughs> he 40 played years. on forever, right? So fantastic. So uh, just that it, it was a bit of an anticlimax, but yeah, these things happen. Yeah, definitely. Right. Going on, you also have uh, you know the second generation of administrators. So now if you look at uh, some of the state cricket association um, elections. So for example... Uh, before October 4th, all the state cricket association elections had to happen, we heard. So, for example, Rupa Srinivasan, the daughter of uh, N. Srinivasan, is going to be the next TNCA chairman, chairperson. Or uh, you have uh, Jayadev Shah, the ex-batsman of uh, Saurashtra, who is son of Niranjan Shah, is going to be the next chief of Saurashtra Cricket Association. Right? Some second generation stuff happening. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think I think it's very interesting. Uh, a few names aren't really surprising. But again, I think they are uh, probably the right people to take, uh, you know, Indian domestic cricket in the right direction. Right. For sure. Uh, look, Jaydev Shah has also played cricket at the top level. He's played 100 plus first class matches. That's very nice. But Rupa Srinivasan, it looks like a bit of a, I wouldn't go using the word nepotism, but it looks like a bit of hierarchical or almost like a dynastical yeah. sort of a takeover. Right. Yeah. That is not yeah. something that is really, I'm not really a big fan of that. For example, in the other cases, Bini, Raja Bini will probably take yeah. over as the KSC uh, chairperson. That's good, right? An international kind of former cricketer taking over. That's good. Also, you have uh, Ganguly, who's been re-elected as the chairperson of uh, CAB Cricket Association of Bengal. Also good. And Azaruddin, Muhammad Azaruddin, the former India captain, a little bit of a pariah over the last couple of decades, <laughs> has been reinstituted or rehabilitated. And now he's back. Now he's the chairperson of Hyderabad Cricket Association. As a cricketing fan, as a person who follows cricket and saw Azaruddin's rise and fall, so to say, yeah. and now rise again, are you happy yeah. or are you not happy that somebody like this has still got a chance to represent uh, a sporting or govern a sporting body? Somebody who's who's who was at the top of his game, who was the captain of the Indian cricket team, and but some, for one reason or the other decided to throw it away, uh, did some uh, work with bookies, right? And then was legal, uh, rightly penalized. Now he's been rehabilitated. That's okay. But yeah. uh, do you think he deserves to be the, let's say, the head of a cricketing body in India? That was the question. Yeah, well, I think it's very interesting. But uh, see, it all depends on what kind of precedent he has set. But you say that he's been through you know, rehabilitation. So it's very similar to, I think, what... Uh, you know, something like Steve Smith or, you know, David Warner, they were also, you know, amidst controversies, they, they did come back, they made a comeback. So I think it's, I, he, I think he deserves a chance. And, well, I mean, he, he does know Indian cricket pretty well. So let's see how that goes. Sure. Yeah, all right. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt, you say. Uh, let's see yeah. how that goes. 
all right absolutely now another one uh, lance klusner the former south african all-rounder has been appointed as the afghanistan head coach yes uh, yes so it's an interesting choice uh, because lance klusner has been in, uh, around the coaching circuit we know that he's been like a batting consultant exactly. for south africa he's been a bowling consultant also the i think a sh- interim coach for zimbabwe right he's coached yeah, one of yeah. south african uh, provincial teams right so he has yeah. coaching pedigree he's uh, not only has the relevant let's say certifications but also has some coaching pedigree and uh, he's taking over from andy moles who was doing sort of a holding job since phil simmons yeah. uh, was uh, uh, ran out of his tenure so yeah. after that um, it's a very interesting choice all i see is that he's a very exciting person i have heard him talk on some pakistani analysis shows cricket analysis shows he's an interesting person he knows the cricket well enough yeah and yeah. Uh, whether he can bring the same approach to afghanistan afghanistan is a bunch of very very talented people absolutely uh, but there are some strong heads there there is also some infighting for example um, phil simmons said he, he was not happy with the team that was given to him in the uh, world cup right the captaincy changed some other person was yeah. captain asghar afghan was retained in the 11 some some weird things were happening there so he's yet to tell us what happened but it looks like there are some outside uh, interferences going on with the team selection and other things so probably do you think klusner yeah. will cope with that will be able to do well with that i think he will be you know personally i feel one of the major challenges that you know he he faces is that he needs to revamp the batting or maybe you know just you know chip in with the with a batting form that afghanistan has shown in the world cup they need mm-hmm. to you know he i mean all he needs to do is inspire some confidence into the batting batting lineup and how they perform abroad because we saw in the world cup that they were sometimes you know agonizingly slow in terms of batting right. so i think that really has to change otherwise i think afghanistan is pretty much a you know great force to reckon with also the fast bowling i think even that needs a little bit of uh, you know some inspiration hmm Yeah. We know that they'll be playing their uh, first home tour, air quotes home tour uh, against. I think West Indies. We are coming to tour them. They'll be playing yeah. in Noida, I think. Uh, Noida yeah. is their no, home. No, I think ground. it's in Dehradun. Ah, uh, Dehradun is it? Sorry, okay, probably yeah, right. Dehradun. So then, um, it's going to be interesting because if, because they are playing in India, it'll probably be a spin-heavy attack. They anyway have some very good spinners. Yeah. They have like one fast bowler. They usually have one and three. One fast bowler. maybe a uh, fast bowling all rounder or a medium pace all rounder and three spinners usually yeah. this is what they do uh, with nabi out of the picture it's going to be a very interesting thing for me to see uh, whether somebody like uh, you know this uh, i think there was a uh, left arm uh, spinner right i think wakar khan or i forget yeah, his uh, name yeah wakar salam khil salam khil ha that guy wakar salam khil so that guy could be in there or otherwise it could also be you know uh, mujibur rahman the like leg spinning prodigy yeah. along with of course captain rashid khan so it's going to be very interesting what sort of a choice they make zahir khan as well uh, zahir khan very unique bowling zahir khan two two left arm wrist spinners in the 11 that be very interesting yeah yeah i mean they have enough wrist spinners so they have two leg break leg wrist spinners and one left arm wrist spinner i think i mixed up wakar salam khil and zahir khan and came up with wakar khan but okay <laughs> so we'll see we'll see how that goes so it's going to be interesting but what i see Amazing. is they are learning their ropes very quickly so when it comes to building an innings right in 50 over cricket that's why you saw this slowness in their batting yeah they are now in a position where they are learning to build an innings slowly and get up to 230 240 250 right and the conditions were completely alien to them it was england but uh, in conditions like india or you know on the subcontinent they'll be a real handful 
right? They here they are sure. I think they know how to build a bigger total when it comes yeah, to long format or shorter format. They showed the kind of maturity they have when they beat Ireland so comfortably. Let's see how that goes. Also, right? Bangladesh recently. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, all about, you know how they play. You know, in seeming conditions, somewhere like England or New Zealand or somewhere like that. Right. Look, we have to give uh, them a bit of benefit of the doubt. Countries like India, yeah. Pakistan, Obviously. and other countries have really struggled when they went to play in seeming conditions for like 20, 30, 40 years, right? They learn. I somehow they learn. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I somehow think they will not take that long. The way their cricket yeah, is growing, no, they won't. they'll probably learn the the tricks of the trade a bit sooner. Whether their bowling lineup can also match up to a good seeming condition, that's going to be a very interesting one. So, but that, indeed, that's some of the challenges that are coming up for them right yeah now shanta rangaswamy who's a member of the cac has resigned because you know she's a member of uh, cac the cricket advisory committee as well as the director of indian cricketers association ica so citing this as a conflict of interest she got um, notice from the ethics officer dk jain recently so now she has decided to step down from the cac so she was a part of cac along with kapil dev and anshuman gaikwad so it yeah. was a very interesting thing that she's decided to step down so she she said uh, CSE meets once every couple of months, maybe even once or twice a year. So why is there a conflict of interest? I don't understand. But I okay, fine. I can respect that the rules are there. So I'll step down voluntarily. She says, and she just walked away. I think they are taking this conflict of interest to a different and a very unnecessarily complicated level. For example, recently Lakshman was asked, Dravid was asked. Dravid has actually put on hold his employment with India Cements to take up as the role of the coaching role of, let's say, Indian under-19 and India A, and also as the head of the National Cricket Academy in Bangalore. In spite of that, he was given a conflict of interest notice. So I think it does look like somebody has become a bit over-eager or overzealous with the opportunity to assign these conflict of interest notices, and they have been firing them left, right, and center. But let's see how it goes, because I'm not particularly happy. She's a very old and very experienced cricketer and she has seen the system inside out also as a player and as an administrator so losing somebody of her stature is not a very good thing for Indian cricket I think but let's see how that pans out because maybe she can be persuaded to rejoin the committee or maybe you know uh, the next person who's appointed to this such a committee has been chosen with enough experience and can make up for it going ahead uh, if you were to look at the trivia question, so the trivia question from last episode was a bit conflicting. I heard a couple of people asking me questions about what sort of a trivia question or few more doubts about it. So that means the question was not clear. So I will repeat the question and I'll give some clarification about it, but I will not reveal the answer for this question, right? So the All question, right. which country's first test 100 came in the latest match? That is the most number of matches taken. So what I mean by that is, for example, Australia's first test 100 was scored in the first test, right? Charlie Banaman did it, we know. Afghanistan's uh, first test 100 came in the third test match by Rahmat Shah, right? Ba- Bangladesh's came in the first test match, Aminul Haq, we know. Ireland, Kevin O'Brien, and so on and so on. So the question was, which country took the most number of matches to score its first test 100? That was the question. And maybe it should have been framed like this in a much more simpler way. So I will give another opportunity to all our keen listeners out there to try and get back to us with an answer. So which country's first test 100 came after most number of matches? So do get in touch with us for the answer for this question from the previous episode. The question for this episode is which bowler has taken the most number of wickets in the bilateral India versus South Africa uh, test series? So, so far, India, South Africa played a bunch of test series, both India and in South Africa, right? 
with all of them put together which bowler has the most number of wickets in these test series right so do get in touch with us uh, to write about our podcast your thoughts about the podcast or write uh, the answer to the question that we have asked or the questions we have asked so you could get in touch with us at armchaircricketpod on twitter or via the facebook page or you could write into us at armchair.cricket@gmail.com right do keep your thoughts coming in and do keep your answers coming in they always uh, give us a lot of uh, philip that what we are doing is reaching out to people then right so malhar i would like to say thank you for your participation in today's episode i hope you had some fun time definitely uh, thank you i mean it's it's been an honor being on the podcast and it was you know good fun well you took it way too seriously honor well thanks a lot <laughs> no obviously it's good fun also would you like to plug some of your work uh, on online maybe your twitter handle and other things yeah, i mean i do rant a little bit on twitter mostly i just do retweets of whatever i like about cricket but you can you can find me on malhar i mean at the rate malhar underscore hathi and um, i'm i'm always up for a cricket talk no matter what time of the day it is and yeah i mean i do write a lot on last word on cricket so you'll find the link of my articles on my twitter bio all right then thanks a lot malhar having said all that it's a good boy from both of us and we wish all our listeners good day wherever you are listening thank Amazing. you thank you you're listening to the armchair cricket podcast